Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about digital assets, how you can control and handle them. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Mickey Bellen. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, big pleasure. I want to learn more about that because I know uh, the last time it's hard to control everything, especially when platforms and big companies have their mind. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this topic. Sure. So I started my digital web agency. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. Started about 13 years ago with a partner of mine, um, Allie Green, Mickey Mellon. Our company is Green Mellon. I do a lot of a lot of websites and digital marketing for folks. And yeah, big believers in, in finding ways to help people control their assets. WordPress is kind of the platform we use. And we'll get into that a little bit more, largely because you can control it more than you can a lot of other platforms. Yeah. It puts you in a better situation going forward and can, can work out great. So we're a team of eight and yeah, love, love doing what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, can you tell uh, where to start? For example, if I'm going to uh, control my digital assets, I can't control all of them, but uh, I can maximize this effort. Uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> to, uh, uh, let me know how to start and for our audience, uh, what to do first. Sure. So really, I think the website is the hub of what we do. If you're doing any digital marketing, if you're doing social media or email or paid ads, it all goes back to your website. So controlling your website is the first thing. And for us, that means not using a service like Squarespace or Wix or any of those, which are fantastic services. The problem is you're on their server and you have to play by their rules. And if they change their mind, you're done. Like you can't export it and move somewhere else. You can't stop them. Whereas with WordPress and others, there's Joomla and Drupal and others that work with WordPress being the most popular. You have it. It's your site. You control it. And if the host decides they want to, they don't like you anymore, you've broken the rules or they thought you broke the rules or whatever, you can just move to another host and be back up and running in minutes with your site exactly as it was before because you own it, you control it, you can save it to your computer, like you can you can hold it in your hand, whereas with so many other platforms, you can't. You have to, you're on their server, you play by their rules, and it works generally pretty well. I know a lot of folks on Squarespace, nothing against them, but again, if they decide they don't, that you broke the rules or they go out of business or whatever, you're starting from scratch, whereas again, with WordPress, you can move it to a different host, to a different server, and do things to keep it running very easily. Yeah, uh, I I love WordPress because uh, of open code, because of a bunch of plugins that we can use. So uh, you don't need to create your own C CMS, just use what we have. Uh, and sure. yeah, it's uh, because of this mobility, uh, many things are coming on WordPress. First, for example, if you want to uh, use some special features, buttons, yeah, on WordPress, it's great. What about the rest? You mentioned that Wix, Shopify, many others, uh, uh, they controlled by uh, big companies, these companies. They have own advantages. Uh, and um, the biggest problem with WordPress, I see, uh, it's, uh, you know, some companies have no resources to hire a team of web developers, designers. That's why they use uh, Wix and uh, Shopify, many other platforms. Uh, can you tell how to choose the right one? For example, uh, do I need to use WordPress or any others? Uh, what kind of advantages uh, by using WordPress? And, uh, you know, uh, I'm asking about that because uh, uh, I know from personal experience, it's hard to find great web developers 
as anybody else, copywriters, designers, yeah, it's hard, <laughs> but uh, you can. Uh, but if you have limited resources, do we need to consider Wix, uh, Shopify, and any other platforms? I think so, yeah. I think they're worth considering if you're just getting started and have a small budget, because WordPress, even if you find a template and kind of build from a theme, you still have to know some technical stuff and get in there and manage the plugins. There's stuff to do to make it make it work that yeah, some people just don't have the budget or skills to do. And so Shopify or Squarespace or Wix could be a good solution. But as you grow, as you become a more legit company and hire some employees and become bigger, you need to start taking steps to protect yourself. And I think we see mm -hmm. this through different things. Like right now, you know, we're in the midst of Twitter is seemingly melting down with Elon Musk and a lot of people moving to Mastodon. But Mastodon is more complex to set up. You own it more, you control it more, but it's not as easy to get into. You have to pay the price to, to do more work versus Twitter. You can just sign up and go, but you're at their whims of what happens. So same kind of thing with websites where you can sign up for Squarespace right now and get going. It'll probably be fine. WordPress is going to take more work, but it's going to leave you in a better place going forward. Yeah, by the way, about Elon Musk, uh, you know, I think all platforms, including Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, can change, update for their sure. algorithms uh, to change anything. But uh, Elon, Musk, uh, Elon Musk, yeah, I think he's moving so fast now. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how fast he's moving right now, yes, for sure. <laughs> So, you know, uh, for example, I, I I love to change something to update, to innovate, but, but when you do it from the first day to lay out all of it. <laughs> yeah, know. that was that See, was a little crazy. I don't know. He's so great with uh, creating awesome businesses, so we'll see. Okay, what, what do you think about uh, social media? Okay, if we can't control it, uh, but it's important to have them. It's important to uh, communicate with customers on social media. For example, 95% of customers, they usually check out social media profiles. Mm -hmm. For account. Sure. It helps uh, with the parameter EAT, expertise, authority, trust, you know, because yep. people can check out uh, about your business, your legitimate or not. Uh, so how to control social media? Yeah, you can't control it as much as we just talked about. If you're on Twitter, you're on their, their platform. Same with Facebook. I like to go, I've heard the concept of POSSE before, P-O-S-S-E, publish on your own site and syndicate elsewhere. So that's what I try to do. To the extent possible, I blog on my own site. I write my content on my own site and then share it on Twitter and share it on Facebook and share it on Mastodon and share it wherever I want to share it. But ultimately, it's my my content I control. And if Twitter goes away, I'll hate losing all those connections and stuff, but all my content I'll still have versus if you publish just on LinkedIn or just on Twitter and they go away, all that content's gone. And I really like when others do that too. Uh, Seth Godin is one I follow quite a bit. You're probably familiar with. And he publishes on his blog daily. And it's great because I can reference posts he wrote 15 years ago. Because I can just go to his blog, pull up the post, say, hey, Seth said this great thing here and link to it. But if he had said that on Twitter 15 years ago, you can't find that. Like it's buried so far down, it's long gone. So if you can publish on your own site and have that master copy in something you control and then share on Twitter, share on Facebook, whatever, that's a fantastic way to own it. But like you said, conversations are important too with customers on those social platforms. And that's just the price you pay. I mean, those conversations, if things disappear, they will disappear. But at least you had that interaction and, and got it done. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, I know Seth Godin can post a lot, but he has he can. his name, you know, he deserves his name, you know, authority. But uh, it's better for me, you know, to repurpose content, as you mentioned, you know, for example, you can post on your website, but uh, repurpose everywhere. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, I know that it's important to repurpose. Uh, let me clarify more about that because, you know, I, in 2020, Please. I decided to grow my social media accounts. I posted on Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, everywhere. 
probably I ignored uh, just Snapchat and some other so, uh, Pinterest. But you know, it's interesting that I tried to grow everywhere, and uh, the best results that I got uh, were like five followers a day, a hundred views, not more. Then uh, I switch all my attention to LinkedIn to grow audience there, and. Uh, even without repurposing content, uh, I paid more attention to uh, LinkedIn users, LinkedIn algorithms, and uh, could uh, grow my audience because of paying attention to one specific platform. Uh, so you can do it on your website as well, but it's important to consider SEO. Can you tell how to consider SEO and your uh, asset website because even if i post the best content in the world uh, Godin has name you know he he deserved this name because of publishing a lot of great books awesome books i, I know many of them i read them but uh it's important to even if you create the best possible content uh, you need to invite the audience to consume your content can you tell more about digital marketing how to invite this audience yeah and like you said repurposing is a big big key to that because the more you can get it out there the more people see it Google will see some of those signals and help you rank better. And ultimately, what's going to rank is not your social posts too much. It's really the content on your site. And links from social don't help. But going back to my Seth Godin example, the fact that he wrote that post years ago and I wrote about it on my blog and I linked to him, that link from my blog is very valuable to help him rank better versus links from social. So, I mean, SEO is a big piece of having your own content, having that source of where things come from. And then, like you said, repurposing can be good, but the more you can focus is even better. We see that a lot on LinkedIn, especially where... If you're out commenting on other people's posts, your own posts tend to get more exposure than too. So if you can really invest in a platform, you know, versus just yeah, publishing everywhere and walking away, you're certainly going to see better results from that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Okay, uh, I, I want to ask you about your background website uh, development. Can you tell, for example, you know, uh, I have uh, a big issue with many customers who can't fix a lot of technical errors. According to a few famous tweets, you know, uh, webmasters usually implement 40% of all recommendations from SEO specialists. Uh, so uh, they can't implement all of them, even including on WordPress. It's hard, but sometimes we don't need it because we have some critical errors that uh, it's better to fix. Uh, can you tell how to find these critical errors? Uh, for example, I know that for me, it's more important to increase uh, website speed like Amazon has, but I have no resources like Amazon. Right. So uh, your, your, your tips about that, how to, uh, how to find critical errors uh, in website development? Yeah, it's important to figure out what a critical error is. You hear speed talked about a lot, but Google's official word is that speed is, quote, a teeny tiny ranking factor. Like they say it does not matter much. If it's super slow, that's a problem. But if it's marginally fast, Google says that's not a big ranking signal. Now, granted, users will matter more. You know, they'll, they'll appreciate every little bit of speed. It does help. But Google doesn't have that effect very much. And I think in most cases, people overthink SEO. I mean, SEO is really about getting links to your site and generating great, unique content. People spend so much time fiddling around with Yoast settings and metadata. You know, there's so much you can do, which does help. But they forget about just writing more good content is so overlooked anymore, I think. And, and really, Google, for as often as Google tweaks their algorithm, they've not really changed the rules much in 25 years. They've been around since 1998. They've really changed two rules that whole time. They've, you know, since then, they always said you should have good content, you should have solid content, you know, have legitimate links. None of that's changed. They said, you know, now you have to be mobile friendly, of course. That's come up in the last 25 years. You have to have SSL on your site. Everything else is just them just enforcing the rules better. You know, every algorithm update, people say, oh, Google's changing the rules. And they're not changing the rules. There's better at stopping spammers. Like the things that you could get away with before, 
they're learning to fix all those things and just rewarding good content better and better and better over time. And I think that'll get real interesting as AI starts taking off and you have unique content that's generated, you know, by AIs. But we'll see. That's a whole different con conversation that I'm not really adequate to speak on at this point. But yeah, content is certainly king. Yeah, Gerald E. Agrees with you, uh, and you know, uh, yeah, uh, I have some uh, speakers on my podcast, uh, and they shared with me. Uh, they ignore link building, many other uh, SEO methods, uh, just to create high quality content, the best high quality content, and some of them get like a million traffic a, a lot because of paying attention to their strong side uh, uh, mm -hmm. and i check out their content i, I found that uh, did, their content deserves uh, links naturally so they don't need to have link building if you get this back links uh, that google loves by the way can you tell yeah. about creating this high quality content okay content is king but how to create it because uh, quality is subjective we have no special metric you know it's 100 quality how do i know or uh, uh, any web masters know that this content uh is good one to get ranking positions yeah there's two sides to that really there's writing good content for google and then good content for your users and so we've all seen sites that rank well in google when you go to the site it's just spaghetti it's they re repeat the keyword 20 times it's just chaos like i don't understand why ranking well for that matters because all the people disappear as soon as they read it because you sound like an idiot. Um, but so I think it's finding that balance between the right keywords and getting that mixed in, but also still writing for humans and ultimately getting that again, to, to go back to the Seth Godin example, one more time, you know, me linking to his site had nothing to do with the keywords he used. It was because he wrote good content I thought was worth sharing. And so content worth sharing, like you've talked about, people will share that you get the links naturally and that can help. But on the other hand, we also do keyword research for clients to help find the right ways to word things that'll matter. You know, sometimes just changing a word can make a big difference because people search for that a whole lot more than, you know, they might search for home builders a whole lot more than house builders. Or, you know, just changing one word can make a big difference. So some keyword research is to figure out the words you should use can help a lot. And then again, it comes back to do people, do humans think it's good content and that'll help drive it as much as anything. Mm -hmm. By the way, I think Seth Godin doesn't consider SEO because he- Correct, he doesn't, he, no. I don't yeah, think. he he has name, and I know some, uh, uh, not some, a lot of YouTubers. You know, uh, they don't consider YouTube uh, search uh, like PewDiePie, Mr. Beast, because they, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when when you have this loyal audience, big audience, you don't need to consider an uh, SEO because your name can work well, so you don't need uh, uh, to pay att attention to uh, keyword research. But can you tell for someone uh, who who needs? Uh, keyword research how to find the right keywords because for example i see when companies use generic keywords uh, for example they open uh, some famous tools like um, semrush ihrefs find high volume keywords and then compete with wikipedia many other websites uh, right. uh, but it's hard to sell anything with these keywords it's hard even to get this ranking position it doesn't mean that you will uh, sell uh, you need to rank first when uh, many great websites uh, are in the top 10 can you tell uh, how to choose the right keywords uh, in your strategy sure so for us we use moz we use their tool i mean there's like you mentioned some other ones hrefs and there's lots of great ones out there but one thing moz does and most of them do tells us about the competition too so we'll run keyword reports and say hey these keywords get a ton of searches but they're super competitive. It's not worth our effort to try to go after them. But here's some others that get a decent amount of traffic, but they're easy to win. So let's go win this one that gets 100 clicks a month versus lose for the one that gets 10,000 clicks a month because it does 
no good to be on page 77 for that one. If we can win a smaller one, it's better. So if we can find a half a dozen, maybe maybe 10 or 12 keywords that'll get us 100 clicks a month that we can win, suddenly you got a couple thousand visits a month off these these smaller, longer tail keywords and it can work very well for you. Yeah. By the way, I, I like most because of this metric uh, priority, you know, when you uh, most can choose priorities uh, according yeah. to keyword research. So you don't need to take all these keywords. By the way, it's a good metric. Uh, I see when masters uh, take a lot of keywords, but have limited resources. If I have a team like uh, 100 copywriters who can write about many topics, yeah, probably I can take all of them. But when resources are limited, uh, you can't create a lot of content at scale. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell about uh, creating less but quality? For example, Seth Godin can write every single day. And I know why. Because um, uh, once I read a book from Jack London, uh, He uh, this book was written like... Uh, hundred years ago a, a lot and um, uh, it's called Martin Eden about the guy who wrote every single day a lot of words uh, that was consistency you know to write to improve the quality of writing and uh, many great authors usually write every single day because uh, Seth Godin is going to sell books you know uh, I think the main channel of selling books and uh, not SEO but uh, for SEO we need less but quality can you tell mm -hmm. what do you understand about uh, creating less but quality content yeah, that can be tricky. Seth Godin's told the story of, of making pots before. Like, where was the, the class that had two groups of students said, all right, this side, I want you to make one pot and make the best pot you can. And the other side, make as many as you possibly can. And after a few weeks of doing this, the ones that made many were making way better pots than the one that were just focusing on doing the one single best one they can because the repetition, they got better at it. They learned. And I think the same can be true of writing. I mean, writing every day makes you a better writer. It gets you better at yeah. seeing the world around you, that sort of thing. But like you said, you know, also for SEO, pumping out stuff every day is not necessarily the best way to go. You know, my blog, I write every day, but it's not SEO focused either. Um, whereas our agency mm -hmm. blog, we write a couple times a month and those are longer, more in-depth posts. And so I think quality for that, for SEO, I mean, length, I think is a factor. It's not a huge factor, but a lot of Seth's posts, a lot of my posts are just too short to really rank well. But when I'm posting, I'm just trying to get a message out. And if it only takes three sentences to say, it's only going to say three sentences. But if you want to rank well <laughs> in Google, you kind of got to flower it out a bit more and just take the time to do it right. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned also it can be hard to write enough content. If you find a bunch of keywords you want, it can be difficult to write all those. But for our clients, we say, hey, let's just start with these few here. And then as we are to post every month, we'll slowly chip away the rest. And it can last us a couple of years worth of content, you know, to keep it just consistent versus trying to do a whole bunch at once and letting it fall. And so in that case, we have a whole list of stuff to write for the next two years. Fantastic. We don't have to do keyword research again. We have stuff to go. We know what we're writing and just slowly keep dripping it out and building up a little more and a little more as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, you know, uh, I use the same approach, but uh, I usually uh, post content on LinkedIn. So I can write articles, post on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not going to rank them. Uh, and I found that consistency can help increase quality, as you mentioned. Uh, sure. And Seth Godin can write every single day. Uh, many great sportsmen usually train two, three times a day. Uh, great showmen can uh, improve their skills every single day. That's, uh, you know, if you want to become great, you need to be consistent. Because if you uh, pass a few days, you can get back with your quality as well. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's why I love social media. I can post some content and most content are dying for a few hours. 
a few days maximum you know and uh, but you can improve your quality of writing uh, i usually recommend even to do it for a video content you can film every single day just film content it doesn't mean that you need to uh, submit all this content on youtube just a bit on facebook on twitter anywhere even don't submit just live on your phone you know <laughs> so right. yeah but for the sake of uh, getting experience and confidence uh if you do it you can improve the quality yeah, yeah it's the number of game uh, uh and uh, you mentioned that you have no goal to get seo traffic for your blog uh but you do for for your clients uh, can you tell uh, what is the main goal of your blog uh do you have your loyal audience how do you promote your blog and uh, yeah more insights about that sure so my blog is mostly for me seth has always said people should blog every day and i believe that too I do it just to make me smarter, make me unpack things and see things in the world around me. It's I compare it to photographers if they go on a photo walk. If you have a photographer on a photo walk, he has the camera, they're looking for things to take photos of. <laughs> if you blog every day, you start seeing the world around you. It's like, what can I write about? What insights do I gain? And by blogging instead of journaling, I mean, I think people that journal every day, that's fantastic. Journaling is great. But you're able to sort of get away with just writing some thoughts down and moving away. If I'm going to publish it for people to see, I need to clarify my thoughts, pull in a quote, really think through it more. And the main idea of my blog is to help me think and to become smarter, hopefully, and, and understand things better and get better at marketing and see better tools, but really unpack and clarify thoughts. And if people want to follow it, cool. If they don't, that's fine, too. You know, I share it across social platforms, and, and some get popular and some don't, and I don't really care about that. But again, for our agency and for our clients, that's kind of a different story where you know, we want to make sure it's good content that benefits them specifically, and it's usually more SEO-friendly, a little longer, you know, more more written for Google and for the end user versus mine, which is written for me to share my thoughts and you know sharpen my own thinking. And you know, hopefully, other people gain from that. But I'm not real concerned if they do or not. You know. Yeah, I love it. Uh, let me tell you why I love it. You know, uh, for example, uh, once Bill Gates shared uh, how he reads books. Uh, he makes notes. You know, when he finds something, he makes notes. And uh, if I read something and uh, don't make notes, if I ignore them, I can forget for a few hours about uh, this right. insights. But when you write, you know, it's the way to memorize new skills. Mm -hmm. It's the way to uh, stick in your mind. You know, uh, and uh, then um, if you if it helps to uh, someone else, you know, to your audience, why not? So you can kill two birds with one stone. You know, to post on your blog and memorize all new skills uh, and even it's more like hobby you know uh, like people can watch tv six hours a day or i can play right. ping pong i can play basketball <laughs> uh, and i'm not waiting when someone will pay money and or tell me oh you're great you know with that no i'm not but i love it you know i enjoy the process so if you enjoy the process of writing why not yeah that's right. great and it does awesome. it does two awesome. other things for me too one is if i publish a lot of times i'll say i saw this great quote and here's what i think and people will reply on the blog and say i disagree here's what i think he meant and that's great i love people that disagree with my thoughts because it makes me think you know all right this is a smart person that disagrees maybe i should change my thinking on that too and it helps me revise things further and then you mentioned books too you know Blogging every day, it gets tough sometimes to come up with enough content. And usually if I'm low on content, it's not reading enough. So I have books around me. And so I know like right now I've only got three or four posts ready to go. And I like to have more than that. So that means I'm not reading enough. So it kind of forces me to read more and to be able to write more. So it's a good good practice just for building up you know, on my own. And it, it, mm -hmm. it helps too that I have an agency that's been around long enough. I have other people doing a lot of the 
the grinding work. So I'm not having to do that. So I have a little more time. That's why I think Seth Godin's even better. This is all he does is write. So I, I wonder how he can write all these books and do all these podcasts, but that's his, that's all he does. And so that'd be a neat place to be. I'm not nearly there yet, but I'm at least <laughs> a couple steps toward it, which is kind of nice, you know. Nice, nice. Uh, Mickey, can you tell about your agency? Uh, what kind of unique selling proposition uh, you have compared to uh, many other competitors? And uh, your strong side, just share more about insights about your agency. Sure. So our agency is mostly B2B focused. We, we work with companies that work with other companies. Um, we're big on storytelling. You know, We spend the first month of an engagement just doing messaging strategy, kind of loosely based on the story brand principle, which I'm sure you've, you've seen before, Don Miller stuff, just making sure we tell the story the right way. So we're talking to our clients' clients. You know, We never want our client site to be about them at all. It's about the people they serve. You know, Rory Vaden um, wrote, Take the Stairs. He had a great quote I love that says, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So we try to get our clients to say, hey, who did you used to be? Why did you start this company? And I'll just share that story to the people you want to serve and help them do that. Um, then the other side of this kind of comes back to our topic for the discussion today about owning your assets. You know, We build on WordPress. We build you know, off the Genesis framework, a good sturdy framework. We let clients host it on their own server. Like We make sure they own every piece of it, where they can own it on their hosting, they own the domain. We'll still help and serve them as long as we can, but we don't put our name in the footer and try to you know, steal a little bit of SEO juice from that. Like We do everything we can to help our clients in ways that other agencies often don't do. You know, I would love to host all our clients' websites. It would make more money, but it's not in their best interest. I want them to pay for the hosting so they control it. They have full ownership of it. And they can leave whenever they want. And then we have to work that much harder to, to make sure they don't leave. So yeah, I think really mm-hmm. taking the time to get that messaging up front is kind of the big piece that we we ignored for too long. We've been doing it more for the last, I don't know, four or five years. That's a huge part to really tell the story the right way in a way that resonates. And then, yeah, just everything we do to build beautiful custom sites in a way that they can own and control and keep keep up with their own digital assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love uh, how big brands can share stories. For example, I remember when... Tim Cook, uh, uh, when he shared uh, free stories about new Apple Watch. After that, I bought three pairs because I can't buy <laughs> just one. I need to buy for my son, for my wife. You know, yeah. they probably kill me if I ignore <laughs> them. <laughs> so, but yeah. you know, I bought three pairs. And uh, uh, he, uh, Tim Cook didn't share about awesome features. He right. didn't share about uh, many other benefits. He shared free stories how Apple Watch can help you how you can mm-hmm. uh, this watch can decide your problem simplify your life and after that i got it i need to buy it uh yep. apple's uh, the king so, of that they do fantastic with that kind of storytelling you even have to look when they announce something the first thing is well how much memory does it have because they didn't even mention how much memory it has. So you gotta go look and see because they're all about what it can do for your life and they're they're the kings of that for sure yeah by the way gerald wrote about uh, storytelling as well uh, in the comments yeah. can you tell how to craft this story uh, from your experience how to do it because you know many stories uh, are boring you know it, uh, i can't tell uh, criticize them probably they have uh, their audience but uh, for example uh, i love reading books but i found that many um, business books uh, are good for sleeping you know uh, when you have the problems <laughs> with sleep you can take this book, uh, read a little bit and uh, sleep the whole night. Uh, don't remember anything from this book. But yeah, because it's boring written. Uh, can you tell how to craft the story that e- interesting to read? Yeah, that, that's a, a good good question. So the stories we tell on websites are pretty short. Writing a long, compelling book is a whole different conversation. Actually, one member of our team just wrote a book called The Story Cycle, uh, storycyclebook.com, that talks about storytelling at a bigger level. 
But for websites, we just try to really get to what the problem is. And what is the problem your clients face? I mean, that's what we think websites should lead with. It should be, here's the problem you have. And people say, that is the problem I have. They understand me. And then like, here's the solution we have. Here's how you get started. And so it's getting again to that, that deeper level to find out the problems their customers face and just admit it. Here's the problem you have and kind of bring them in. And here's the, the way we can fix it and kind of walk through the story of your life is like this now, but we've been there. We know how to fix it. And here's how like, great your life will be after you work with us. And, and kind of just telling that simple story can make a big difference. You know, we worked at the mm-hmm. heating and air company lately and they told you know stories on there like, you're tired of p- technicians not showing up when they say they will. We get, we're on time or you get a refund. And, you know, they, they kind of tell the story of, hey, this is the problem. I know my HVAC guy is always running late, but these guys say they'll be in time. They've proved it. And, you know, just the little mini stories, I think, on websites are important. You're telling a full novel story is a whole whole different animal that I'm not not well equipped for. I'm I'm, I'm all blog posts and <laughs> doing it that way. If I, ever, <laughs> I got that. If, I was going to say, if I ever publish a book, it'll probably be a lot like Seth Godin's most recent one, The Practice, where he had like 200 chapters that were each like a page long. It was basically repurposing that. Like, I can write that style. It's to be able to write the big, long, sometimes too long books that I I, I can't get in the head of there. And I agree. Some of those get awfully sleepy to to try to read <laughs> i use um have you ever heard of blinkist the tool blinkist it's a no it's, no. A, it's a fantastic tool they have a monthly fee i think but it gives you business books and stuff but can ah, yeah like yeah 20 minute formats I and that. i use blinkist a ton it's fantastic most business books i'll read via blinkist mm-hmm. if they're really good i might read the full one but most of the time 20 minutes i understand what they're trying to say and i can move on to the next one it's a great way to to avoid falling asleep trying to read all those so it works well <laughs> yeah uh- uh, I have uh, Amazon Kindle and uh, a few plugins, uh, Libby, Audible, some some of them. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yep. many other stuff. Okay, uh, you mentioned that your agency is focused to B two B. Can you tell the main difference between uh, helping B two B customers and B two C? Uh, how to consider B2B customers, uh, I don't know, because these customers need to sell to other companies. Your insights about that? Yeah, it's just a different kind of approach and one we're more comfortable with. If you're a B2C firm, you need to be great, just the more razzle-dazzle and be on TikTok and all those places. And that's just not what we are. We're more subdued. I mean, we're going to be on LinkedIn and do great there and do SEO and just kind of things that matter more for business kind of traffic. Consumer traffic is a different animal. And I know some agencies that do a fantastic job with it. It's just a whole whole different approach and not one that we're really interested in, in going down just because it takes a different kind of work. It takes more quick reactions to adjust to the market and stuff. B2B is just more about doing best practices over and over and really, really hitting it long term. And we're, that's where we have our sweet spot. We can really get in a good rhythm with businesses and kind of move things forward. Whereas B2C, you got to be more reactive and, you know, catching things, which, again, I know there's companies that do a great job of that. It's just, yeah, not a direction we, we care to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I cooperate with a lot of B2B customers and um, I found one interesting thing that uh, in the end, you cooperate with human being, not with right. company. Correct. So, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you can satisfy a human being who can transfer data to stakeholders, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, then you can go ahead. Can you tell how to tell your customers about something uh, is important to implement because 40% of recommendations uh, are only implemented, 60% ignore a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell how to transfer data uh, in the right way, you know, that uh, companies can understand. So it's important to do it. And uh, yeah, just to give them a solid reason to go ahead uh, without fi- finding excuses why they can't, ignoring this, uh, any insights about that? 
And I think that is really about the why. Like, why are we asking you to do this? If we can tell a good, really a good story about that. That helps a lot. You know, right now, a lot of a lot of us, probably a lot of your listeners are worried about the transition to Google Analytics 4 next summer. You know, Universal's going away. So we're telling our clients, we need to get switched out to this and start building reports on that. And if we say, it's because you won't be able to track your traffic anymore. You know, it's one thing to say, we should do this. But if we say, hey, here's how you're going to have to do this next summer. Let's start tracking it now. If we wait till next summer, you're only going to have a month's worth of data. So we're going to start tracking it now so we can give you month over month reports and really see how things are going. And if we can explain the reasoning behind things, that can help. And also it helps if we explain the reasoning behind things. They say, I understand that. I still don't want to do it. Then cool. They understand the consequences of not doing that and what it's going to hurt. They don't want to spend the time or the money. And sometimes that can make sense to not worry about, you know, being there. I talked to a client this morning that wanted to maybe be on Facebook. Their business isn't on Facebook. And I said, okay, but here's what that means. It means you need to be on there. You need to be active. You need to respond to comments. And, you know, do you, are you willing to do that work to be on there? And they said, well, maybe not. Maybe we just, you know, they thought they should be on Facebook, which is probably true. Most businesses should, but that comes with a bunch of work and you, you have to get what that means. I mean, if you want to do that, there's consequences to it, you know, and you got to be willing to put in the work. And so I think in their case, they're going to say, no, we're not going to be on Facebook, which I think they should, but I agree that they don't have the time to do it right. So let's not do it at all. So I think the why can help either convince them to do something or give them the ammo to properly convince us that they don't need to. And that's, that's fine too. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, uh, doing something for the sake of having it because your competitors uh, are doing this. Bingo. It's it's not good uh, deal. Yeah, it's better to avoid. And uh, uh, for example, many competitors are great on YouTube, but if you can't film great videos, why you need to do it? If it's mm -hmm. not your strong side, right? Yeah, Just write exactly. or any anything. You know, find your strong side. And uh, I think people will worry about GA4. Uh, in the last day in summer, uh, not right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> right. <laughs> when they have no another choice, you know, so or do it or uh, have no any data. <laughs> right. And there's consequences to that because you won't be able to compare historical data with it, you know, for a while. So it matters. But yeah, I think this comes to blogging. As you know, I'm a big proponent of blogging, both personally and for business. But if a business says we're not going to be able to do it regularly, then don't do it at all because we all see sites that you go to. It's like, check out our blog. And the last post was from 2018. Like, are they even business? Like, what? Well, it just looks horrible <laughs> to do it, do it poorly. So I'd rather someone could do something right versus not do it all. And just if they can't do it right, then spend the time and energy and money somewhere else that you, you can build mm -hmm. even deeper there. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Mickey, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list common mistakes that uh, B2B companies still do and your tips uh, how to find a much better way? I think the biggest mistake I see, well, one, there's one technical mistake I still see a lot of is in WordPress, there's the little checkbox that says, do not let search engines index my site. And I still see this happen a lot where people leave that check. That's a, a brutal mistake, but a small one. But realistically, the problem most businesses face, I think, is just talking about themselves too much. You come to say, we were formed in 1982 and we do this and we do this. And like, it's not about you here. Put that on the about page, maybe, but tell your customers, hey, here's the problem you have. Here's how we can help. You know, you talk more to the customer than about yourself. And I think most businesses, or at least too many, talk all about themselves and how we're this and we're that. We've been around this long. And we have this expertise, but no, here's the problem you have and we can help you solve it. You know, just get to the, the heart of why someone comes to your site realistically and help answer that versus just using it as a platform to talk about yourself. And I think if we can get them in the right frame frame of mind for that, that helps a lot. You know, a common, common gripe among graphic designers is the client always wants the logo bigger. They always say, make the logo bigger. It's kind of the, the joke. But if a client realizes it's not about them, it's about their client. How does making the logo bigger help your end user appreciate your service more? And the answer is, well, I guess it wouldn't. We just want it bigger because we paid a lot of money for it. And that's not the right reason. Why would your customer care? 
And that, that can get to the right answer a lot of times that way. Yeah, so. yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, I have the question about, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, uh, completely from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about uh, SEO, digital marketing, and helping B2B customers? So one is just go to start doing it yourself. I mean, we've learned the most about development for more complex things as we have a problem. We say, hey, we told this client we're going to do this thing. How do we build it? Let's go figure out how to build it. And so I would say if you're just getting started, go learn how to install a self-hosted WordPress site. You know, they say it's a five-minute install, which it is once you're used to it. It's probably an hour the first time once you set up hosting. You'll learn a lot through that process and how to do that. And then you say, okay, I want to rank better for SEO. Let me go read some stuff from marketing school, from Moz, from, you know, there's lots of great blogs. Moz has their Whiteboard Friday videos they do. And there's tons of free resources. Go watch YouTube. Just as you think of things you want to do, go do them and research appropriately to, to make it happen. So I think doing is, is somewhat underrated. I mean, if you just get out there and start doing it, start writing. You mentioned, you know, you post a lot on social and some hit and some don't. And the best, best people on social media learn what hits and makes more out of that. I mean, you mentioned Mr. Beast. He has quite the formula now for videos. He says, if I do a video that's this long, has these components, it's going to get 50 million views because he's done thousands of videos to learn what works and he's measured the results and see what happens. So same kind of thing. If you want to do well in SEO, read about it, learn what you're doing and then start trying it. Say, huh, I thought this post would be great and Google hates it. Why? Let's unpack why. And this one did great. Why did it do great? And just kind of learning from learning from trial and errors is I think the best way to learn in a lot of cases. And then with the glut of content, you can find thousands of hours on any topic you want and just you know, listening to podcasts like this and finding YouTube videos and tutorials and Lots of great ways to learn to answer the questions you need to, to go on to the next step. Yeah, awesome. You know, I couldn't agree more with that because uh, because uh, I remember once uh, one listener asked me if I listen to uh, all your episodes, can I be uh, a great marketer? I replied to him, not. You can't. You can't because you don't need to listen all podcast episode to become a great marketer. You need to do this. You, you need to find a few episodes with insights that you are going to implement, learn ideas, and then uh, implement, execute. Because, uh, for example, if I read 100 books, how to play basketball, I never can beat Shaquille O'Neal or any other great basketball players. If I read a thousand books, how to play soccer, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo will destroy me <laughs> right. in the field. Because yeah. they prefer to hit the ball a hundred, uh, hundred times, thousand yep. times than uh, to learn how to hit the ball. So, yep. yeah, I, I agree with that. It's better to implement, execute, uh, to analyze, to test, fail. Uh, you can fail a lot, you know. For me, failing is the part of the process. When you uh, failing only brings a new experience. Yeah. When you fail, you can find something that actually works. And I made a lot of mistakes. But, uh, uh, you know, I found that I couldn't uh, find much better way without these failures. So I fail mm -hmm. and got it. Okay, uh, it's my way. I'll go this way. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Mickey, yeah. I have the final question sure. about the future of web development. Uh, many things are coming. And I know mm -hmm. uh, I found on your LinkedIn profile that you technology enthusiast. Can you tell <laughs> about uh, uh, what kind? of techs are coming and how to consider them, how to adapt today to new things that will come. Uh, what do you think about um, new environment like virtual reality, augmented reality, metaverse, anything about that? Gotcha. Yeah, it's a big wide question there. 
I think for me, one of the places I start is WordPress. Like, is WordPress the place to be? And I think generally speaking, yes, because it's still 43% of the market, but it actually lost market share for the first time ever last quarter. So maybe it's starting to dwindle. I think it's still going to be the top choice for the next decade just because it has such a huge lead. But what's next? Start paying attention to the Ghost and, you know, even some of the, the platforms like Squarespace to see if they're going to be the place to be. That's a big one. AI is, of course, a big one. We're seeing a lot of that with GPT-3 and some of the AI writing services. And Google, Google's struggling. They're putting out some statements about when you're allowed to use AI written stuff and when you can't. But at some point, they won't be able to tell. Like, they won't know if, it was, if it's written well enough, you know, what it is. Uh, tools like Notion, you know, for note-taking are building in some AI features to help your notes get better. And I think that's going to go to web a lot. Um, I think stock imagery is going to be interesting with Dolly and some of the AI image generators. Like if I need a stock image of four people at a whiteboard with a triangle on the screen, I can type that in and have a stock image for it just created instantly. That's perfect. So that'll be interesting there. And then Metaverse, yeah, we had a, a big conversation about that at an event I was at yesterday. And of course, no one knows. I think the thing to see what will happen if... Right now, people say the metaverse, and they think of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg building the metaverse. And I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping the metaverse is more like the web where any company can spin up their own instance of whatever it is and connect in that way. So we could have the green melon metaverse. You come to ours in virtual reality. You can see our websites and whatever. But then you click off and go to yours to listen to episodes and go, you know, I'm hoping it's more democratic like that and not everyone pay a bunch of money to join, get, get property on Facebooks. But no one knows for sure. I, I don't see Facebook winning this one. They're trying their best to, but I think it's going to be more organic over the next decade. I think they're kind of like uh, Google Stadia was. You know, Google Stadia, the, the streaming video game service was fantastic. It was amazing, but people just didn't quite get it yet. And the winner, real winner is going to be Sony or Microsoft or one of those. I think Metaverse is going to be like that too. Facebook's first and it's they're doing a good job. I kind of hope it fails though. It becomes more of an organic build over time, but it's so hard to say what will <laughs> happen there. But for us, we're mainly looking at just what's happening with messaging, what's happening with SEO, what's happening with WordPress in general, and like where should we be putting our efforts today? And I think that's not going to change too much um, in the future. And then the one mm -hmm. other point, I've heard Gary Vee talk about this a lot, is with social media, the trend there seems to be shifting from getting followers to just producing good content. And TikTok's the perfect example of that. You can go on TikTok and have two followers and post a great video and get a million views. It doesn't matter. You know, you can't do that on Twitter and other places as much because it's like you just have to get more followers where I think content is going to be more king on social media and followers will matter less, which I think that's ultimately a good thing, but it's just going to change a different perspective for, for people to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it's not only about TikTok everywhere. You know, if Correct. you're yeah, uh, all starting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a lot of followers, but uh, they disengage with your uh, content uh, it's hard to win attention but uh, mm -hmm. yeah uh, i agree if, if you create high quality content uh, social media platforms uh, wanna feed their users more to retain them so if they uh, retain uh, longer they earn more money so simple yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we see the opposite that. too i mean over the last decade with facebook if you had fifty thousand followers and you post bad content facebook doesn't show it to all of it it only shows so it goes both ways i mean you need good content whether you have followers or not and so i like that it's going to force better content for all of us which should be a good thing it's a matter of how much that becomes ai generated people just churning out automatic stuff which is could get interesting that's still we got a couple more years but it's getting close <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I think the future uh, will be good, awesome, uh, unpredictable a little bit. Yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, uh, it at any way, you know, uh, I think it's better when uh, you don't know what exactly will be because <laughs> it's more interesting, you know. For sure. Uh, Mickey, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. 
Sure, absolutely. So you can find me at Mickmel, you know, Mickey Mellon. So Mick, M-I-C-K-M-E-L, Mickmel.com is my website. I'm Mickmel on all the social platforms. I'm Mickmel at Gmail if you want to email me. And then our agency is greenmelonmedia.com. You can see more about what we'll do there. Okay, guys, you can find the link uh, to the website in the description below to the two websites, to agency and your personal website. Uh, I also uh, shared your LinkedIn profile because awesome. I see you. Yeah, you post content there, uh, active. So, guys, you need to follow Mickey on LinkedIn to learn more uh, about his stuff. You can see a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.